Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Josh sent me a note about an interesting story out of Michigan. And this is something I hear about from time to time, and that is where a small organization, often a charity, owns something of value. And someone allegedly looks at that and goes, hey, if I could get control of that little organization, I might be able to somehow get my hands on what it is they have. And I was actually consulted once by an organization that contacted me and said, Steve, we've got a problem because a bunch of people joined our organization and they're trying to hijack it. And the reason they want to hijack it is it turns out we own some property and they want the property. Now, that's a different story than the one I'm telling you about right here. But there are some parallels, trust me. So Cole Waterman wrote this for MLive, which is a Michigan-based news source, uh, and they put out a lot of good work. Prosecutor not issuing charges in alleged theft of cornfest grounds, baffling organizers. Now, there's a town called Auburn, Michigan, and um, Michigan's lower peninsula is shaped like this. They refer to this as the thumb. There's a bay here called Saginaw Bay. There is a town there called Saginaw and a town called Bay City also nearby. And they all fall within Bay County. And so if you head inland a ways from there, you'll come to a little town called Auburn. Auburn. And so this is all happening in Auburn. And, and a lot of these um, uh, more rural areas have got uh, festivals celebrating what it is that they do. So there's like a corn fest. There's a sugar beet fest not far away. Uh, in Bad Axe, every year famously, they have the Huron County Bean Queen Contest. At least I hope they still do. Uh, so the corn fest was held on the grounds that was uh, apparently under the control of the Auburn Area Chamber of Commerce. And there's been a problem, which is causing the organizers to be confused as to what they can do. So for months, the Auburn Area Chamber of Commerce has been anxiously awaiting word on if those who allegedly stole the Cornfest grounds and tried stealing their bank account would face criminal charges. They finally received a terse answer and that's left them befuddled and frustrated because the county prosecutor says, no, not going to file charges. So back in June, a splinter emerged within the Auburn chamber, resulting in a police response and criminal investigation. Investigators wrapped up their probe in August and sent the reports to the Bay County Prosecutor's Office for a review. Since then, the people who were in the Chamber of Commerce have been kind of prodding the prosecutor to find out if, in fact, charges will be filed, and if so, when. So after getting no response, uh, one of the members, Hannah, delivered a letter to her office, the prosecutors, asking for insight and a meeting, and three days before he'd called her office, only to be told that she would not talk to him. A few weeks earlier, he and the Auburn mayor had complained of the prosecutor turning a deaf ear to their concerns, uh, and so they had complained to the Bay County Personnel and Human Services Committee of course, she is in an elected position, and so she doesn't really have to answer to too many people other than simply the voters. Now, here's the thing. Um, they got an email back from the prosecutor who said, Last week, I finished my review of the investigation you referenced in your letter. After my review, I've determined that no charges will be issued. I have determined that no charges will be issued. Period. Uh... Uh, you've determined that why? Not, not, no, that's it. No charges will be issued. So the president, or the former president, depending on what you want to call him, of the chamber, replied to the prosecutor asking for an explanation, saying he found her decision baffling, and she has not replied to that. Later that day, the same man filed a complaint with the Michigan Attorney General's office asking her office to review the matter. To date, 
The president wrote a statement on the chamber's behalf. We have received no explanation on the decision to not charge, but we are committed in our efforts in seeking justice through the AG's office and civil litigation for our nonprofit organization. So MLive tried to get the prosecutor to respond, got nothing back. So here's the thing. Cornfest, which they hold every year, or at least they used to, uh, is pretty much not going to happen. There was also $14,000 in a bank account that was under the control of the chamber. That money has been frozen. So the president said the chamber is now being forced to use limited and valuable resources to seek a remedy. The financial resources now being utilized in our pursuit of justice have historically been allocated for our community, business owners, as well as other important community initiatives. So here's the question. What exactly happened? The land in question is about 20 acres of land that was jointly owned by the chamber and the JCs and was overseen by the Auburn Improvement Management, composed of members of both nonprofit organizations. The 52nd Annual Auburn Corn Fest was scheduled to take place July 6th through July 9th. The chamber posted on social media that AIM did not submit the necessary licenses or permits required for the festival uh, because they didn't know if they could. So here's what happened. The original group filed suit in Bay County Circuit Court naming a bunch of people as defendants. And part of the problem is that there was a meeting. There was a meeting of the Chamber of Commerce, and a bunch of people were there. And somebody said, I say we have an election right now and vote out this group of people. And somebody else said, um, we're running a meeting here. We have rules to follow, Robert's Rules of Orders, et cetera. And by the way, only people who are actual members of the chamber can vote. And a huge argument broke out. So in the suit, the chamber alleges the defendants conducted a coup and formed a fraudulent chamber during its meeting. So during that meeting, a member representative had stood up and made a motion to unseat the president, and several non-members joined him in this, according to the lawsuit. So the meeting was called out of order, and an adjournment was called, and then apparently that group went outside and held their own vote and said, okay, well, we'll hold a vote then, and we name ourselves. So that's the argument. Turns out the Bay County Sheriff's deputies had to be called to this event because it got unruly. They made no arrests. But then afterwards, they, again, the first group says that the second group formed what they then called the Auburn Area Chamber of Commerce. But the first group saying, but that's not, that's not us. That's somebody else. So <clears throat> the Cornfest grounds were then sold to the Auburn JCs for $1.00 via a quit-claim deed filed with the Bay County Register of Deeds on June 5th. The deed was signed by a gentleman who described himself on the document as the pro-tem president of the Auburn Area Chamber of Commerce. However, as they point out in this article, this man was not on the chamber's board, does not reside in Auburn, does not have a business in town, and he had applied to be a member, but his application was under review. And according to the rules of this organization, you can't vote at these meetings if you ain't a member of the organization, and you can't join the organization unless you have a business in town or you reside in Auburn. 
So there's a whole bunch of arguments going back and forth, but the chamber did have bylaws. And among other things, the other group has now filed its own lawsuit. So it appears that there are two competing lawsuits. And I suspect they'll be combined into one. That's what often happens. But the alleged fake chamber filed a lawsuit of its own in Bay County Circuit Court back in January. It describes itself as the true board and the original contingent as the old board. And they, of course, are suing all the people on the old board. And so they claim that what they did was perfectly right because, you know, majority rules and we voted. Um, There's more to it than that, I'm sure. I have not read the actual complaints. But what I saw, basically, I'd summarized, I believe accurately, that there was a meeting with a large group of people. There was a board in place. And a bunch of people said, we should hold a vote right now. And the people running the meeting said, no, it's not how this works. So they then left and held their own vote and said, okay, uh, I vote myself pro tem, double secret, whatever it was. And of course, it turns out that the bylaws don't even recognize that as an official position. So you can imagine that the people at the Register of Deeds office looking at the thing goes, well, we got a quit claim deed. We accepted it for filing. We assume it's real. And meanwhile, two different groups have shown up at the bank going, give us our money. And the bank has said, we don't want to get involved in this, so we're just going to freeze the money, let a bank, uh, let a court figure it out. So both groups claim that they've been harmed by the other side. And then contacted by MLive, the true board president said he and the rest of the group were not ready to comment on the issue or the lawsuits. Uh, both lawsuits are pending. But meanwhile, Cornfest this year is looking unlikely. And the original chamber is dismayed by the prosecutor's decision to not issue charges. Uh, So the president said, We remain committed to pursuing a positive outcome and seeking justice in this matter. Our faith in the judicial system remains strong, as do our efforts in seeking justice against those that intend our longstanding community-based organization harm. And so I know of a few examples of things like this. There's also a very, very famous documentary made about a guy who collected an extremely valuable art collection. And um, he was buying this art and collecting this art long before it became priceless. And after he passed away, he left all of his art in a trust with instructions on how it should be handled. And I'm not going to get heavily into it, but if you look it up, I believe it's called The Art of the Steel. If you look up the documentary and watch it, you, you come to the conclusion that where his art is today is not where he would have wanted it. But because the art was so valuable, a lot of people started looking at it going, boy, I wish I had that art over here. I wish I had that art over here. And it got to the point where they pretty much disregarded the guy's wishes, and he wasn't around anymore to stand up for himself. And I mentioned before that I was approached by a nonprofit organization that owned a big piece of property, and they had some money in their bank account. And I knew members of this group, and they said the strangest thing, a bunch of strangers all joined at the same time. And it was unclear why they joined, because they had no connections to what the nonprofit was all about. And a little while later, they figured it out, because they were trying to get elected onto the board, take control of the board, and then they could somehow profit from all of the assets the organization had. And so the organization wasn't rich, But they did have assets that got the attention of some people who tried to get in there and get that stuff. Now, they were unsuccessful in doing that. They they did not succeed. But you have to be careful. 
because I've seen some organizations that have got some very, very valuable stuff, including museums. I mean, I've seen museums where you're looking at something going, they've got this thing, it's right there, it's priceless. And I'm surprised someone just walk in and pick it up and walk off with it. I really am surprised it doesn't happen. And so you can imagine that somebody's going to come into some small-town museum or historical society and go, wow, they got some stuff that's worth a lot of money. Maybe if I get on the board, I can somehow work it to where I can get my hands on that or something. So you got, you got, to, be, got to be very vigilant. And so I've known people who spent a lot of time volunteering to help out organizations like this. And I've had several of them tell me that one of the reasons they do that is they want to make sure that the stuff that's in those collections stays protected and stays in the collections. And that's important also. I've known people, I, I, just to give you another example, I know somebody who donated something to a museum once with a stipulation that I'm donating it to you to display it. And uh, if you ever decide not this, to display it, you've got to notify me so I can come get it. And uh, one day um, was poking around on eBay and saw his thing for sale. And the museum had decided they didn't want it anymore, so they decided to sell it. It's not theirs to sell. So a lot of things happen, strangely, in these worlds. (laughs) But this is a crazy one because it's a small community. It's 20 acres of land just outside of town. And they're fighting over this and the $14,000 in the bank account. And Cornfest didn't happen last year, might not happen this year. And you have to understand, in a small community, (laughs) we can laugh all we want. Doc Hollywood, right? But it's a big, big deal. And it's a celebration. And it's, it's something they look forward to because it is such a big deal in the town. So Cole Waterman wrote that for MLive. Great article. Josh, thanks for sending it. Questions, your comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. That man is richest whose pleasures are cheapest.